Hello and welcome to Three Men and a Big Baby, your new weekly podcast in which four friends say the biggest bugbears, gripes and grievances from the last seven days. Each one of us will have the chance to get the gremlin from our chest before we vote to find out which three are thoroughly justified in their frustrations and find out who has been voted as this week's big baby. And of course, there'll be an opportunity for you to share your stresses with us too. So, on with the show! You know what oh, I don't I hate like? That. Oh, oh, yeah, I hate don't that. really like that. gets on my oh, nerves. You know so really annoying. Gets on my oh, nerves. yeah, I don't like that. Stop being a big baby. Hello. Hello. Hey. Finish the yawning time. That was touch and go. No, it's perfectly planned, mate. <laughs> the, the yawn started and there was about two seconds of jingle left. I was worried that you weren't going to get there in time. No, I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> episode 24. I am. Episode 24. We've done it. The Jack Bauer episode. <laughs> yeah, listeners, at the end of this episode, you would have spent a whole day with us. And because the episodes are getting longer as well, even, even more. <laughs> yeah. Guess who I tried to get in contact with this week? Jack Bauer? Kiefer Sutherland. Not Kiefer Sutherland. I wanted to go for Kiefer Sutherland, but his mum's just died of COVID-19, so I thought, leave that. Oh. Doesn't need me bothering oh. him. Alicia uh, Cuthbert. Kim Bauer. Oh. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, any luck? She read the message, but didn't reply. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the girl next door. Yeah. But there were some other guys that you can, um, there's like websites that exist that you can act like, I don't know, whoever, Freddie Prince Jr., for example, and he'll record you a quick message for $20. But they were all saying they were going to take a week to do it. And I wasn't going to be able to get it done in time for the show. So, yeah, James Haskell. I don't know, you know James Haskell, the rugby player? He, I think he makes the vast majority of his income from birthday messages he was saying on a podcast the other day. Really? <laughs> yeah. Who's paying for that? Well, I nearly did. But, uh. Yeah. <laughs> has, everyone, has everyone had a good week? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Have you? Yes, other than obviously being rejected <laughs> by Alicia Cuthbert. Other than that, yeah, it's been absolutely yeah. fine. Hmm. I can't remember and, uh, who the big baby was. Dan. It was me. It was me for a record record eighth time to take the lead. Um, what, depending on how this week goes, Dan, potentially the second big baby hat-trick ever. Is it, have I had two in a row, have I? Mm. Oh, I think I have. Oh, yeah. That's called shit, apparently that's called shit in the bed, isn't it? When you do three in a row. That's what the fans are calling it, I've heard. Shit in the um, bed. So Joe's, the the only, Joe's the only one who's shit in the bed so far. Um, and then, yeah, so maybe. Funny, funny how you've been Big Baby twice in a row, Dan. I've received zero pictures of you dressed like a Big Baby. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah. I know. If you should anyway, do you want to hear my thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, should I go? I've got my, I've got my thing. Do you want to hear it? Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it won't be three in a row. Confidence. So um, I, were, I worked with my brother recently and um, we were doing some carpentry and we were like clad in this barn. We were going to put some, um, some cladding on it and there was like a brick layer up. And hopefully Ed will be able to back me up on this because he works in construction. And uh, my brother, I was essentially just like the labourer for my brother. And um, there was like sort of dried cement all over the top of this. There's newly, new stables that's being built. And there was like dried cement all over the top of this brickwork. And he goes, oh, can you just go around and just chip away all this dried cement? And as I was doing it, this guy was, as you can imagine, quite monotonous. And uh, I think I said to him, oh, I can't believe this bricklayer's just left all this dried cement just over the top of this bricklayer. And he goes, oh, that's just bricklayers for you. 
And I went, what do you mean? He goes, and he said, they're just, that's, they're like renowned for it. They just build their wall and then they just leave like their dried cement, like all over the place. And someone else who has to then come along to just chip. And I just thought that's terrible to have like a, an industry to be known as an industry for just being, just being messy. That's just like a collection. All the bricklayers in the world who just have bought into that and just gone, yeah, well, that's fine. No one else is doing it. I'm not going to be the first one to do it. Um, well, to, to be fair to those bricklayers, day one, like whoever's training you when you're an apprentice and they say to you, like, the brilliant thing about being a bricklayer is you just leave your stuff everywhere and everyone just blames it on you being a bricklayer. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to tidy up after yourself and it's brilliant. It is quite oh, a messy yeah. job. Oh, it's quite. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. But, um, but yeah, it doesn't take much, I would imagine. It doesn't take much. I'm sure it could be done where you just at the end of it, whilst it's wet, you just go across and just get rid of the stuff off the top. Um, where are you putting it? Back in the wheelbarrow. Then where? <laughs> Leave yeah, it on the wall. The Leave it on the wall. It's not your problem anymore. <laughs> well, this is exactly it, yeah. But I don't know, Ed, have you found it? Have, have you found it in your work on building sites that... Um, yeah, they, they are quite messy, but the thing is, they usually have a labourer that cleans it all up. <laughs> so that's that your was... job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, so it, they, they can be as messy as they want, knowing that there's someone like you going around clearing up behind them. <laughs> the thing is, I can't work out what your gripe is. Is your gripe that they're messy or is it that they can get away with being messy? I think uh, my gripe is that as an industry, they've collectively, they are collectively messy. <laughs> They do a good I, job, though. Yeah, no, the, no, of course, yeah, no, can't be without them. But just tidy up after yourself. That's all I'm saying. Once you've built that, those walls, which need building, um, yeah, just just quickly just scrape off the stuff off the top. Don't leave it for poor old Dan Valance to come along and have to chip away at it six months later. <laughs> I mean, you, usually, um, if, you, if you've got a timber roof going on, you've got to leave a layer of cement along the top and then you bed... The, the roof plate in a timber plate onto that cement so mm. um, maybe it doesn't happen that often maybe you just came along to a place where um, there wasn't going to be a roof plate going on and they had a bit of excess cement in their barrow and they were like well I've got nowhere to put this just slap it on the top and the chippy's labor will sort it out when he comes along <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that, I just yeah as someone who's I don't work in that that industry obviously other than every now and again and um, yeah I just thought I couldn't believe that it. it's just like an industry like widely accepted thing that they're just they're just messy generally are there any other industry are there any other industries like that that um they're just notoriously messy and people are just like yeah they're that's just that's just how they are hmm. yeah, do you think that was that was just the circumstance like do you think people that work with like i don't know people that like draw like draw the lines on the road and that like someone who does whatever puts signs up will say oh yeah those guys that draw the lines notoriously messy <laughs> like it's just each other pop at someone else just because yeah. like, that's just what we even get it in our in our industry all the time like everyone they always go oh these bloody lampies they never tape down they go oh the sound techs they never tidy up after themselves properly like it's just everyone just blames somebody else i'm sure if you spoke to bricklayers they'd be going oh bloody whoever goes in before them they don't do their job properly like everyone just everyone's fucking lazy yeah the problem is well, Dan, you're just such a consummate professional that's what it is Oh, thank you, Ed. Thank you. No, well, I don't know if it's um, everyone. Yeah, but I don't know. just, I, I don't know about other industries. That was just something I was surprised with. I just thought it was such a simple, like, what, it's easier to deal with once it's wet, when it's wet. You know, you just, someone's just, at the end of the day, they finished, it wasn't a big wall. It's only like five story, five like rows high. Um, and at the end of the day, they've just gone, 
like instead of yeah just going around and scraping it out whilst it's wet they've just gone oh i'll just leave it there i'll be fine or like say i'll just chucked it on there after then sort of after the fact for someone to put it um yeah i don't know what you would do with it otherwise maybe i'm not sure but um yeah i just thought so, you just yeah so is your issue messy people like not clear enough after themselves at work or is it particularly bricklayers uh well no i just i think it was what surprised me was if this was just one one row bricklayer that was just leaving his cement you know all over the place then that's you guys you're always going to get every now and again someone who's like that but um i just was surprised that it was yeah it seemed to be an industry it was yeah it's just known like generally amongst the industry so it's sort of like they have a reputation so everyone just goes everyone just sort of says well we don't have to do it now well it's, fu so it's, it's funny it's funny you say that when i was doing my apprenticeship early on i was I, I said to my elder brother who was teaching me, I said, you know what I've been thinking about? Bricklayers are called brickies and uh, carpenters are called chippies and electricians are called sparkies. What, what do they call plumbers? To which he replied, to, to which he replied, I'm not going to say because it's a very rude word beginning with C and ending in T-S. Um, and I was like, oh, and he was like, yeah, but that plumbers, all of them, they're just a bunch of, <laughs> and so like it, each trade has their reputation for something <laughs> ricky's are messy and plumbers are just a bunch of you know is it cool cats, cool cats? Cool, yeah. Cool cats? yeah they are cool cats um is so, that just because they're is that just because they're pissed off that they're always like crawling around in poo and wee and stuff well i don't know because every plumber i've ever worked with has been really nice <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I guess each each has their has their reputation well, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I can't really say much more. I was just surprised that it was uh, like a. It seemed to be, like just an accepted like industry standard. Like brickies are going to be messy. That just surprised me. It's just something I hadn't thought about before. I'd seen before, and I just thought, no, clear up after yourself, brickies. <laughs> Doesn't take much. I'd love to see Dan tell a load of brickies out on building site. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, I remember me and a friend of mine went for um, when we were like fifteen. We were like just one day decided actually we were going to go get a job and we walked onto a building site and we just like walked up into like through this like they're building like a big block of um, flats and we like walked through and like up to the um like the sort of the office like it was in one of these like cabins and just walked in they were all like a load of grown up men in like hard hats and high visits were there and having an important meeting about this block of flat and me and my friend just walked in like 14 or 15 years old and just go you got any jobs that we can do <laughs> and they went no thanks lads it's all right. <laughs> and we went no okay then no worries and we left <laughs> i don't know why that just came to me but um yeah but um, yeah, so that's <laughs> yeah well, i just suppose they needed a hand they look like no, there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on there so um but they didn't need a hand the flats got built so you know that's good but um yeah, so that's my thing this week, anyway. What, so messy bricklayers? <laughs> yes, messy bricklayers. You've got to wonder if they'd have said yes to you, maybe the bricklayers wouldn't have been as messy on that site because you'd have been clearing up after them. Maybe. I just wanted to help, you know. Um, but yeah, that's my thing. Messy bricklayers, I suppose, yeah, is the, is the best, a really succinct way of putting it. Messy bricklayers. All right. Well, I can't, yeah, I've got not, not much experience of it, but... Probably. Yeah, very niche. I can't believe that um, my gripe one week was Wednesdaydale, the cheese that I thought everyone had tried, 
and everyone had a go at me because nobody had tried it. And Dan's thing is working with messy bricklayers, and that's absolutely fine for him to bring up. It's not, it's not fine with me, but I, don't, what, I mean, what else can I say? What can I say to that? I've got nothing to say about it. I've never worked with a messy bricklayer or a tiny bricklayer. No, no. If I, you would... No, go on. I was just going to say, I just suspect, I just suspect that all builders are messy. Like they want, they all like to go home by three pm. They all like to like. You know what I mean? I just think they're lazy. And <laughs> yeah, if it's wind, if if it's windy enough, I'm gonna get let the wind blow away that sawdust rather than sweep it up. That's for sure. <laughs> no, if there's a corner to be cut, then you know they're doing vital work, and obviously we're all we're all very grateful for them. We've all got houses and stuff <laughs> to live in, but I think if they can cut a few corners, they will. And that's just part part of the course. Mm. That's it. Does it, does it make it right, though? Does it make it right? <laughs> well, well, we'll see what they... We'll find, it, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go next. I'll go next. I've got a dem demonstration. Don't get too excited. Does it's it work? Late. I've been excited since yesterday. Does, okay. Will it work on a podcast? Or? It should do. I'll describe what I'm doing. And it should be fine. <laughs> okay, you can see. So, for the listeners, I've got a pair of black shorts here. They're due to go in the wash, so I'm using them for demonstration purposes. And I have two cans of deodorant. In one hand, I have black and white invisible marks deodorant. The other hand, I have dry impact deodorant. Now, start off with the dry impact. Now, the black and white. What else? So, you reckon that was even? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Sure. Now, if I hold them up, clearly, the what there's no no mark on the black and white side and a, a, a very obvious white mark on the other side okay bear that in mind i'll come back so you have to wait where it puts them in the wash <laughs> why the hell are they making deodorant that <laughs> that makes white marks when they can make deodorant that doesn't make white marks isn't the white marks one more efficient what do you mean because it's got like uh, it's got the powdery bit in it, hasn't it? That absorbs the sweat and like fills up the glands and stuff. Oh, what you think it works better? Yeah, I think so. Oh, is that, see is that scientifically proven, Will? Or are you just spitballing there? Scientifically proven <laughs> in my brain that I've just made it up. <laughs> well, they they both say forty-eight hour protection, quick dry, antiperspirant, and I use them both purely because this one I'll only use if I'm wearing clothes that don't because I prefer prefer the smell of this one if I'm honest. Um, my only thing I could think is potentially the white marks one can is harder to change the smell, maybe. Yeah. But I have had other white marks ones from other brands that smell different, so that argument's weak. So I don't understand why. They're the same price in the supermarket, so it's not like one's more expensive than the other, anything like that. Why are they even bothering to make this one when they can just make that flavour yeah. in this one? Yeah, just quickly, just just it. to clarify, just to clarify, is that so? Is one of those marketed as one that doesn't leave a stain? Yeah, this is called black and white invisible original. So it's it pretty much says you wear it says white mark protection, anti yellow staining. Okay. This one yeah, is marketed. Go on. I was going to say the the yellow staining was one of the things I was going to say, but you've said it's anti yellow staining. So there you go. So that's that squash already. Yeah, so and then this one is marketed, I guess, as a sport, like dry impact. There's a guy on a bike on the front, a guy kicking a little football, and a, a guy running in a suit, weirdly. Um, I guess running to running for a train or something, maybe. Still a sport. And this is yeah, real life tested. 
which is fine. Like, I, if I was a sportsman, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm up for that one. But why does that one have to make white marks? Like, it's doing exactly the same thing. Why don't they just, just put the same stuff, put it in a different can? Yeah. At the, at the beginning of this year, I all of a sudden had real problems with putting on T-shirts and leaving white marks on them. Um, so from day one of lockdown was the day I made the change to roll on deodorant. And oh, I yeah? am an, I'm an enlightened man. I will never, ever go back. I, I tried really? it once and I felt it was all a bit sticky under there. Oh, yeah, that's I don't what like I thought for the, first, for the first week, probably. And now it's great stuff. Oh, you should see me. put when I, when I, If I've only got this one and I'm putting on like a black T-shirt, it's like watching an acrobat trying to get it on without touching like <laughs> anywhere that I've sprayed the deodorant, especially if I've just done my hair as well, because you've got to like get it over the hair and then round the, round the armpits. But I just, I, can't, I don't understand why they do it. No. You are right. I would love for someone to, like, if, if someone could explain why it happens, then that's fine. I'd love for someone to write in and say why like maybe someone knows i mean it could be the aroma thing maybe it's harder to make different smells with the white marks protection one i don't know but do you think that the white marks protection one's more expensive so they they want to cater for people that really have that as a problem so they put it in there but if their whole range was that then they wouldn't be making as much money maybe 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 so they sell it for the same price but they know that not everyone's going to be buying it so they make a loss yeah. on that but then they make it back on the other one maybe this it's, one costs like a quarter of the price to make or something and it's worth it just to get that extra bit of the market of people that hate the white marks maybe maybe joe doing a lot of looking down there are you currently googling no, i am googling <laughs> as quickly now yeah no one's asked no one's asked this question though Ed, to be fair like i think it's fantastic i think it's a great one funnily enough <laughs> about 10 minutes because we uh, for the listeners we were due to record yesterday but we didn't record today and till i literally was in the shower i had no gripe at all <laughs> i like had finished in the bathroom had set up the laptop and then realized i wasn't wearing a top sprayed my deodorant put the top on and then realized the white marks <laughs> and then and then uh, dan so i was like ready to go and then I realised the white marks and then I put the shorts on the bed and the deodorant cans on the bed. And then when you cancelled it, I was literally like, oh, I finally got a good one and they cancelled it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sorry about that. I do feel less, when you said you had an experiment, I felt really bad because I thought there was like test tubes and there was like gas involved and stuff. <laughs> I didn't realise uh, it was just two compressed gas. And a pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I could get a lighter involved if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's not, um, sorry, go on, Joe. I was going to say, I'm going to email um, Nivea or Shaw, whoever it is, and we'll get an answer for next week. I'll see if I'll, I'll ask them why, why do they still make the stuff that does leave white marks. I'm sure there must be a reason for it. There's got to be. They do it. Let's find out. Tune in next week to find out. Nice. I should have done more research, but to be honest, I, um, I didn't. I thought this was enough, just spraying it on some black shorts. I thought that would amaze everyone enough. I thought it was amazing. I loved it. Hmm. Look at the smell good now. You can even see the other side where I did a test test run. <laughs> so I thought it'd be really embarrassing if I went to do it and it would just did two white marks <laughs> or no white marks. Yeah, I don't, I, I, that's a good one. That is very good. I feel like I'm uh, currently not up against a strong gripe either, so I'm feeling confident at the moment. <laughs> I don't think mine's very good either, so I think you'll be fine. 
absolutely fine. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any more to say on it. Everyone's experienced it, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially for us, because we all wear black at work. Hmm. The thing with my um, armpits is actually, I can't, I actually can't sweat out my armpits at all. So it really makes no difference to me. What? Is that like a, is that a real thing? Yeah, because I used to, uh, it's called hyperhidrosis. I used to sweat out my armpits profusely. I used to have to put this stuff on there. And um, it's called dry chlor. And it was like super, like concentrated aluminium, aluminium sulfite or something. And like, I put it on there for about two years. And now literally, it used to burn my skin. It was so, so um, severe. It was prescription. It was so severe. And, um, but now I can't sweat out of them at all. I could do with some of that. Well, I think you can get it in. The, I think you can get it in some chemists, but did it leave white marks? No, just left red marks. <laughs> yeah, just a horrible <laughs> rash. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mm. Well, is that it then? We're going to meet the halfway point. This is the quickest we've ever reached the halfway point. The last week's episode was about three hours long. This one. <laughs> it's funny you say that actually, because I I always try to make a point of listening to the episode when it goes out, just in case, like I don't know, we've we've said something horrific and we like need to take it down or something like that like um i started listening to it when when did it go on tuesday so i think wednesday morning when i was painting and i just noticed that i just finished it in the car on the way back here just now <laughs> so, so i've stopped and started it up five times i think it's a long one it's hard for me to judge i don't have obviously i just do this on my phone so i can't see the time but um so yeah I don't, have you got a, how long have we been going so far half hour well uh, Okay. Yeah. Normally, we've only just finished grade one at this stage. <laughs> well, it's right, but it's it probably is. good because we're, we're going to have loads of emails anyway. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to enlighten us, Will, with a couple of Will mails? Email. Email. It's time for us to read your emails. Uh, the show is going to continue to fly by. We've had one email, and it's very short and very sweet. <laughs> It's not that sweet. It's just from a listener, though. Uh, I mean, Simon Carl could be a listener, I guess. What? Could argue that. <laughs> it says, "Hello, three men and a big baby. Thank you for starting to complete an audition via video for Britain's Got Talent. We look forward to receiving your completed video audition. If you haven't finished your video audition, you can sign back into this link. Uh, good luck, Britain's Got Talent." Hmm. Oh, that's X Factor, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Wow. I really hope that whoever applied for that for us sent like a video of us on a Zoom call from Instagram or something. So there is actually a video. We could go on Britain's Got Talent and I think could just be podcasting. And we just sit there in a circle and just do our podcast on stage. And does Stephen Mulhern host Britain's Got Talent? Or is, it, is that Anton Dirk? Anton Dirk. Oh. He, he used to do Britain's Got More Talent, whatever it's called, but I don't think he does that anymore. Well, I think uh, a talent of people podcasting is much more likely to be on Britain's Got More Talent than on the main show. So The problem with the podcast, or probably one of our podcasts, is they're an hour long. I don't think someone <laughs> can sit for an hour to, to find out if he likes it or not. Yeah, but they always go, oh, they say, oh, we think we've seen it all. Well, they've never seen, I've never seen a podcast on there, so, you know, we no, would that's be, true. it'd be original, if nothing else. Uh, maybe they'll be more tempted by uh, our idea for next week's podcast. Oh, yeah, should we, do you want, should we say that now? 
Yeah, go on. All right, so next week, we're going to... Everybody loves the format of Three Men and a Big Baby. We're going to tip it on its head, and it's going to be Three Big Babies and a Man. (laughs) (laughs) Three Uh, Babies and a Big Man. (laughs) Three Little Babies and a Big Man. So, So Lewis... Go on, on. go on, Ed. You no, say. no, you go. No, you, you, you go. You go. You're so much the better listeners than me. No, they'd want to hear it from you. I think. No, I've only got one fan, and well, I know the good news king. All right, I'll bring the good news. So we, it's, so we've done. You've had a whole day now, twenty-four episodes, so more than a day of listening to us complain about things that annoy us. So next week, we're all going to think of something that we absolutely love. Is that right? Yeah. And, yeah, then, but, and then argue, yeah. so who's, who's got the best thing rather than who's got the worst thing? Yeah, but I think in the same instance, it's, we've got to try and approach it like we approach this. So you can't come yeah. and say child famine because obviously that's terrible. Like everyone's, that's, so you've got to go in, you can't just go in and say the best thing about life is your, your nan. You've got to go in yeah. with <laughs> weird. It's got to be like a little thing. Okay, yeah, something that you like. Yeah, like maybe, everyday maybe things. Maybe everyone that, else does. Yeah, or like an everyday thing that really, really brightens your day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it can't nice. be like a universal good thing. Yeah. No, it can't be like ice cream or balloons or something like that. No, that's right, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be like we transfer or something, you know. <laughs> Funnily enough, I, I really love we transfer. <laughs> they're just giving you that for free. Amazing. It is actually amazing, we transfer. Right. Tune in a snippet of next week. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week for more. <laughs> wait, wait, does that mean that I'll have to do bad news of the week? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be hard. There's plenty, plenty <laughs> about it. Yeah. I'll decide whether I'm prepared to do that or not. I think that's just, that's just called news of the week, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't know if I, I don't know if I want to do that. That's a bit, a bit sad. We'll just have a full on positive episode next week. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe for instead of emails, we just email all of our fans and tell them the stuff we hate about them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd happily email Aaron and tell him how happy I am with uh, his email um, literacy. Mm. We can always uh, tip on his head and sign Miss Gloria Clifford up for Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> well, we each sign up one of the people that have emailed in for their email addresses <laughs> into, into things. Oh, I never thought about that, like getting our own back. Because I've got, I got a pretty strong idea of who it is. Like, uh, yeah. I saw him the other day and I, I forgot to ask him his face whether he was spamming <laughs> i had a theory about it could be it could be someone else who someone else from work yeah who like sort of uh, practical jokes and things did, did one at new year's on rachel pretending that it was a letter from you to rachel does he listen to the show no, i don't think i don't think he listens to the show well yeah but not but a lot's changed since since we left work he's got probably got a lot more time on his hands yeah true yeah. He likes mm. a practical joke. Yeah, he likes what he thinks is a practical joke. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever watched New Girl? He either goes way too like unfunny or like way over the top and like attack someone with an oar or whatever. <laughs> like, but there's no middle ground. And like, oh, I just imagine him to be a bit like that. I think so. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, it makes no sense. I'm sure, someone's seen it. <laughs> I've seen it, but I've not seen that episode, so I might as well have not seen it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I don't mind. I'm happy to go if you want. Yeah, do it. Um, my gripe this week is that the, the hallmark of a good burger seems to be that it's just way too big to, to eat now. 
So you go somewhere, like you go to a restaurant or like you get places that pride themselves and they go, oh, best burger in the town or like world famous burgers. Whatever. And you go there and it's a burger that's so big that they have to put it together with a, like a stick in the top. So it doesn't just collapse under its own weight of being a burger. And then you have to eat it with a knife and fork. Because you can't pick it up and like get it in your mouth to take a bite of it or anything. Or if you do, you've got to take like a bite at the top, just the bun, and like <laughs> just not practical. Can we have some examples? Will what are the what are the places you go in the the big culprits well, for it? Well, one of the biggest culprits for it, I think, was probably Gourmet Burger Kitchen, but I don't I don't know if they exist anymore. But just like pub burgers, I guess if you go to burgers, if you go to pub, pubs that really pride themselves on their burgers, they're just always way too big. Like you can't pick it up, and then you've just got to eat it. And like you can't eat that with a knife and fork because it's all layers. So as soon as you try and cut into it, it all falls apart. And you've got to try and piece it all back together on top of a fork to then try and eat it. Mm. So what's, oh, yeah. what's, what's the perfect burger? Because you, you've, got, you've got to have some ingredients in there. So it's going to be of a, of a height. So I think having a bigger burger isn't a problem. But I think you want to go more width weights than you do height, don't you? And, and probably less of the less of the burger. If you're priding yourself on all the bits that come with your burger, it still doesn't need to be sixty percent burger. Mm. And like the onion ring can be on the side. You don't need the onion ring in there. Yeah. And like, yeah, I guess also stuff that's on top of the bun. Like you know when they do the bun and then they just put like some pickles on it and like put the stick through. That mm. doesn't. That shouldn't be on there. Makes making everything soggy. Thanks. <laughs> do, would if you had a burger and chips, would you? eat all the chips and then your burger or all the burger and then your chips or would you graze between the two? Mix I, the I ate the burger first. I'm chips first always. Mm. Wow. No, I go between the two. I was always told as a child that I should eat my burger. Like if everyone's went to McDonald's and I think the problem was because I was like, I would always have the drink first and then because I had so much sugary drink, I would never eat my lunch or whatever. I was always told that I had to eat my burger first because then I'm not just having chips for lunch. So if I got full, at least I'd had some lettuce, maybe. <laughs> I have this thing that once I've picked up a burger, I can't put it back down. <laughs> so I've, I'll happily have some chips, maybe a bit of salad, but then once I've picked it up and had a bite, I have to finish it. Right there and then, presumably, you don't just spend the day carrying around a burger. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm busy, I'll be dragging it along <laughs> yeah. with me. But... Can you eat other stuff while you're holding it, or like yeah. after you've? But you can't put it back down again. Just yeah. I, once I put, once I put it back down, I, I I mean I obviously probably would eat it, but I just never do. I just always once it's up, that's it. It's there. Wow. <laughs> so so what what do you do if you're in one of these places where the burger's too big to pick up and put in your mouth? It's a mess. It's a complete mess. <laughs> Squashing. Bits falling everywhere. Yeah, it's a hard yeah. one for me. It's well, it's been so long since we've like been out to a burger place. I'm just trying to remember really. But I think the last ones I've been to, I did, actually didn't think the. I think I went to Seven Bone not too long ago, and I tried a Five Guys for the first time, and I didn't think they were overly big. So I don't know. But I think you're right. I think it's more like pub pub burgers and stuff isn't it Probably. yeah i think so like five guys are like takeaway style burgers so yeah. like, that's quite easy to hold and and yeah it's like if a burger comes on a plate with a knife and fork then yeah. i just think it's impractical i don't i can't think of anything else other than maybe you get like some stews that come inside some sourdough that, where you eat a, where you eat bread with a knife and fork <laughs> beans on toast 
well, I suppose that's, that's a good one. Yeah. I suppose eggs, that's eggs toast. on toast. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. toast. See, I I would never if I went to like a, yeah like a pub restaurant, I would never get a burger. For, if I'm like in a restaurant, I always get something else. I don't know why. It's just a weird thing. I only get burgers if they're in like burger place, like a say a Five Guys or Seven Bone that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, partly for that reason because they are they are quite big and they're usually quite dry and yeah, like I say, it's just a faff to eat. So yeah, yeah but I, probably, I could get on board with yours. Probably, if, yeah. if you went to a pub and they had a big sign outside saying like "world famous best burger in the country," um, gotta come in and try our burger. And you're there having lunch, and everyone else is ordering burgers because they've told you it's the best one. And you ordered one, and it came out an absolute monster with a big stick through it, with an onion ring and a gherkin on the top. Would you be like, "Yes," or would you be like, "Oh, this is just going to be so annoying." That's that's a question to the group. <laughs> I probably would be I don't know I suppose yeah I think I'd be okay with it I think probably I quite mm. like I I like burgers so if I do see somewhere that claims it's got a brilliant burger I quite often get the burger and then I always regret it because I always just have so much trouble trying to eat it because you, you just end up having to eat like just a little triangle of bread that you've cut off and then a little triangle of a tomato that you've cut off and like you just can't taste the whole thing and also the actual burger, the meat of the burger, sometimes when you eat it, the sort of the burger's kind of slowly coming out the back till eventually you've eaten all the <laughs> bun and the salad, then you've just got a lump of meat, which actually isn't very nice when it's just a burger on its own. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Hmm. No, I agree completely. I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not good. I think, I think you're about to say, I think meat is murder. <laughs> well, I think, I think, oh, I do. You know, I think that. But um, no, I think um, yeah, no, it's, it's 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 crazy. I've seen mac and cheese in a burger. They just put any old shit in a burger. Um, and I think it, the problem is, is that the burgers aren't good. Like, so they're just going let's <laughs> throw more stuff at it. Let's put more yeah. in there. Let's put mac and cheese in there. Let's put an onion ring in there. It's like no, just do a good burger, and, and, and that, that's good for itself. You don't need to throw all this other shit in. There. But the idea of putting it all in a stack together is so you can taste all those things at once. And as soon as it gets big enough, that can't happen. It ain't a burger anymore. Yeah. No. No, I agree. I'm with you on this one, 100%. Yes. <laughs> We're still voting for you, though, because you've got, had the least vote. <laughs> that is the end of my gripe. Thanks for listening. I really like it. That was the last thing I ever ate. Well, not the last thing I ever ate. last thing I ate. Outside, it was the day before lockdown. I went to Seven Bone Burger. What kind of burger did you have? I don't know, but I wasn't impressed, mate. I remember I like walking... meat. It was a vegetarian burger. Oh right. Yeah. I can still put bones in vegetarian burgers, Ed. I've never been to Seven Bone. I thought it was like a notorious meat place or something. No, the no, it's like burgers. They're quite famous in the uh, veggie community for their for their efforts at a vegetarian burger, but um, it was not from it was not for me. No. High stacker? We're talking a high stacker? Yeah, it was high stacker. It was messy. It was a knife and fork job. Um, but even the fries actually were, it was again, I think it was like the most basic fries you could get was like truffle oil, uh, mozzarella, and something else. And it's like, I'll just have some chips, mate. You don't need to keep throwing the stuff on top of it. Like, you, you, you could almost argue that your gripe is like food that's designed to be eaten with your hands that you have to eat with a knife and fork. Because like, there's a lot of other foods I think that could fall under that that same umbrella if that was my gripe and you were less likely to vote for me then that is my gripe yes <laughs> no I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm on board I personally don't actually have a real a real problem with eating uh, burger with nothing pork I don't have a real problem with that but I, I know what we'll say and it's like you, 
in some cases you can't even eat it with a knife and fork. You can't cut through it without it all falling into pieces anyway, and you have to reconstruct it yourself on the plate. I want to be I want to be able to try it all together. If I if I have to cut it with a knife and fork and I can like get a fork through all the layers, it's not so much of a problem. Yeah, that's why it's so big that I can't like, if I can't get a fork through and like restack it to try it all together. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to you don't want to have to go. Okay, I'm just gonna have to spend the next minute just eating just chunks of bread and just chunks of yeah. <laughs> And with a knife and fork. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done, Will. Another great Thanks. grind. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> I was came into this episode ready to vote for you, but I can't do it. I thought I'm really going to be very strict <laughs> on Will this week, but no, it was a good grind. It was a good one. Thank you. Um, all right, Johnny, my grab's not good. It's not as good as yours. <laughs> um, as long as it's better than Dan's, all right. Not as, it's not as good as mine, you say. Mm, I think it's better than yours, just. Um, <laughs> it depends whether you guys have, have experienced this. So my gripe, I put uh, concisely as a, as a short um, thing, and then I'll, ex I'll sort of ex expand on it further so you to colour in the blanks if, if, you, uh, if you're unsure still. So I've just put shared neighbourly responsibility. Hang on, one second, I'm just going to close this window. Hold on. <laughs> just in case they hear me slagging them off. <laughs> um, so I've put shared neighbourly responsibility, right? And so what that means to me is this. Dad, um, you've not been to my house, but Dan and Will, you have. Right, so I live off the street. I live in a courtyard, like a private courtyard, right? And there's me and then three other houses. So there's four along our side. And on the other side, there's three houses and a small, uh, like not block of flats, but like a small house that's been turned into four flats, right? And out the front is a load of grass. So me and my next door neighbor we share a plot of grass and then the next two houses that sort of mirror ours on the end they share a piece of grass and it's the same on the other side and there's a field maple tree in the middle and when we first moved here we were told by one of the other neighbors oh like we all cut the grass here we all take turns cutting the grass we all like take one another's bins out like it's a real community thing and i was like oh that sounds all right but it's not all right what it is is it's like just horrible small little level politic like political sort of um game playing it's toxic mate the atmosphere <laughs> sometimes let me tell you from the front line it's not good so one of the main problems for me is the grass cutting the grass that's the main thing so it's kind of like a standoff and, that is, and it's not even like well let me just explain it so this the, there was four of us uh there's only three at the moment so the last house is like it's unoccupied because of all the situation that's been going on they've not had a chance to any new people to move in so there's three three of us um i thought you thought you were going to say because of the situation with the grass like one <laughs> <people> <laughs> <left>. <laughs> oh no because of the political uh, not political, but the global situation yeah. uh yeah it's been hard for them to find someone to move in that, that house i suppose um so yeah so when it's cutting the grass so i've cut the grass twice and then it's getting long. It comes around to the, so I've cut it twice in a row. That's fine. Like, I've been at home, not, no big deal. But now I feel like, well, this is just becoming my job. It's not a shared thing because I can see the grass is growing. It's getting long. Uh, so then I'm like, well, I'm not, I personally don't want to cut it. Like I, because I feel like I've done it twice now. It should be someone else's turn. But then at the same time, it needs cutting. So, and then you just sort of like, it's a standoffish thing. And then you're sort of waiting and it's horrible. And then, I go out and do it and then the guy comes out next door and he goes, oh, I was going to do that today, which he might have, like, because that's the other thing as well, is it's happened the other way 
where they've cut it once and then I go okay it's our turn now I'll do it Saturday afternoon and then Friday morning he's out and he's cutting it and I go right he thinks I'm a prick now but I was going to do it do you know what I mean it's just so horrible yeah. so it's just that situation all the time that's what my gripe is this week is it should be a nice thing but it's not it's kind of like a I don't know it just feels it feels like there's little politics going on all the time here it's annoying isn't there a difficult dustbin thing that happens as well that you've told me about before yeah so you like you have to take the bins yeah like one person ta- has to take all the bin you can't just put one bin out you have to put six bit or you have to put eight bins out effectively there's four houses one recycling one regular bin so if i want to put my bin out i have to put eight bins out and then one day it was I can't remember when it was, freezing cold, and I left, and I had to go to work really early that morning, so I left my house at half past three in the morning. The bins went out, it was icy, and I thought, I'll just quickly put our bin out, and I'll go. Like, didn't think anything of it, this was quite early on when we moved in. Um, and then we were sort of like cut out of the group, so from that point on, like, so they, the rest of them six were putting their bins out, but they were leaving ours. And I was like, well, this is fine, I'm quite <laughs> happy with that situation, like, we've been cut out of the inner circle. We'll just do our own bins from now on. Uh, but then, and then, but then we were put back into the group of bins, and then I was like, "For fuck's sake!" Now I've got to take. Hey, sorry, is, is there a, is there a what is there a WhatsApp group here that we're talking about? Sorry, no, mate. You're just no, you. body language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Um, we have exactly the same. Um, the same. I don't know if you guys remember when you came here, but it's like yeah, it's like a shared access out to this side gate, so that when you do the bins, it's exactly the same. Like all the bins are in one area. Um, so whoever does the bins does all of them. Um, but we've had, with the baby coming, like, I've had to put like a garden gate in, sort of in between, to sort of just to secure the gardens, because I kind of like, when the baby's older, like just running around and the neighbor's got a dog, all sort of stuff. Um, so we've had to put a gate in and we've brought our bins around now into, like, into the garden. And today, it's so funny, you should, this should have been my thing, actually. I don't know why this, um, today, literally, like the bins have gone out and they've put like their bins out and they haven't they put, ours, put ours out as well. Um, so that's exactly the same. But then I'm of the opinion, like, I'll put my own bins out. Like, I don't, if that's, I'm happy to like, but maybe I'm just being antisocial. I don't know. But I just think it's easier. Everyone knows where they stand. If everyone just does their own, just everyone does their own, but their bins. And like you say, there's, and the grass and stuff like that, it'd just be so much easier. I think. Yeah, definitely. I, if, uh, it's more for Emma. Like, Emma wants to, she doesn't want to sort of rock the boat sort of thing. But I personally, the first week, I would have just said, and I would have said it to him if I seen him, said, look, I'm just going to cut my own fucking grass and put my own bins out, just leave me alone. Like, I would have quite happily just <laughs> laid that gauntlet down at the beginning and that's it. Like, we don't need to do all of the bullshit. But um, I think Emma doesn't like the feeling of, like, the neighbours. She, like, she thinks that the neighbours won't like us and... I don't give a mm. shit about all that, but she yeah, but it's tricky, so, yeah. yeah. But it's horrible, like those, yeah, those sort of like, and you get it a lot with new, uh, newer developments as well, where they're just sort of trying to squeeze, like, uh, depends obviously if you're buying like a nice house or a little house, but the sort of the stuff I was looking at before, yeah, you know, you're getting lots of that, a lot of shared communal areas and all this sort of stuff. And it's just difficult, yeah, it's, just, it's causing potential problems, yeah, which otherwise would be avoided, you know, if you just had proper demarcation between properties and houses, you would actually get on with your neighbours better because you wouldn't have all this this inter interwoven politics that you have to navigate. Yeah. It would just be yeah, it'd just be easier, and everyone would get on better. I think. Something Very, that. Sorry, do you want to go? Something, something that has always been my graph a couple of times. Um, it's very similar to this, but I think it's way too specific, and it, I am a big baby for this annoying me. Um, is so we've got like a little on, on the end of our front garden. We've got two slabs 
they're next to each other and it's like a little bin area so when we take the bins out we put the bins in our front garden but on these two little slabs um, and when the bin men come they either put our bins and our neighbors bins out the front of our house or out the front of their house every week i come and bring our bins in and i move their bins from on the pavement to on top of their slabs so they're like nice and out of the way not on the pavement anymore and when they're outside the front of their house they just come and take their own bins they just leave my bins just on the pavement <laughs> And I just, I just, I just think, who, who do they think is moving their bins? Or do they just think some weeks it's perfect, some weeks it's not? It's me. I'm the person that's moving their <laughs> bins. Why aren't they doing that for me? Uh, this, is, this is a very timely gripe because last night, so you know the neighbour that was on the roof? <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's going strong. So, so th there's, there's a long story to it. I don't know if, did I get to the bit, I told you about the birds. That was the good news of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I told you how he'd cut down some of the tree, but then we told him to stop because there were the birds and he stopped and the birds came back, all that. So anyway, the other day, the birds had finally left. So I, I cut down the last bit of the tree because there was like what looked like a man being crucified at the end of the garden. So last night, there was a knock at the door and uh, it was that neighbour. And he was like... Um, Next Why didn't you help me? I was stuck on the roof. <laughs> well, no. He was like, so he kind of introduced himself properly because we've never actually properly met other than from a distance. Um, and uh, obviously we were still at two metre distance, don't worry. And uh, he was like, I'm going to cut down the rest of that tree all the, all the way down. Like, um, he wasn't really asking permission, it's his tree, but he was just kind of checking, like politely sort of saying, is that all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, go for it. And he was like, because what I really want to do is replace the fence there because the fence is all rotten. And he, I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, seriously, you, you do whatever you want. Very, knowing that actually earlier that day, by complete coincidence, I'd read through the deeds on my house and it said that I'm responsible for that fence. So if he's going to replace it, all for it. Um, <laughs> but he was like, yeah, but your compost bin is like that I built. I built like a composting bin in the corner. And he said, it's actually sort of rotted the fence. And it's all, if I remove the tree and the fence, your whole compost bin is just going to collapse into my garden. And I was like, <laughs> oh, but he was like, it was the same sort of thing. He was being really polite, but there was an undertone of, you need to fucking sort this out before I do anything. And I like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, what, would, what is it you'd like me to do? <laughs> like, um, and I, so now I've got to completely deconstruct this huge like log compost bin that I built take it all down, dig out all the compost, let him cut down the tree, replace the fence and then rebuild it again. <laughs> and I'd like, so I have also recently had um, some political dramas with my neighbours. So I, uh, I know how you feel. Oh, that. Yeah, it's annoying. Rich, compelling story. <laughs> 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 Halfway through, I realised it was actually not really that relevant. <laughs> That's the other exciting thing we've got next week. It's going to be a backwards episode and you get to find out what Ed did with the compost bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you taking it down this week, are you? Yeah, it has to be done by next weekend. Or else. Yeah. It'll be around. That man crucifix at the end of the crucifix. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Might just be made of wood. Yeah, he's cutting down the tree to put me out there. But just quickly, you got, maybe you guys can give me some advice now. So like with this, the bin debacle, so we have to like go past their bins to get out. If I was going to take mine out. So like this week they put theirs out and left ours, which is fine. So like I'll just go next week. I'll, I'll just do take care of our own bins. But then next week, I, let's say I take my bins out and I go past their bins. 
what do I do? Should I take them out? Should I leave if, them? If you do take them out, they're more likely to take yours out. Yeah, but that's what. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. If you I, don't I, take I, theirs out. Yeah, what if though they've got fun. like one bag of rubbish still in the house and they were planning on taking it out, put it in the bin and take it, wheeling them out and they go out and they're like, oh, that Dan, he's taking the bins out and I've got to walk all the way to the end of the drive to put my bag in it. But... Well, they've got to walk that far to take the bins out anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If, if you don't that's take them out, Dan, you don't get to moan about it. So that's the truth. Oh, no, no, no. But then, that's the thing is like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm not moaning that they're not taking it out. I'm, I'm happy, honestly, to take my own bins out. Like, I would, I'd rather do that anyway myself um but it's this this weird like like joe said it's like the the weird it's atmosphere then. it's that sort of weird I, am i then being seen as being antisocial it's like well no I, i'm just there. i reckon um, there's an uh, argument yeah. for being like the bigger man and if you always took their bins out and they never took your bins out then you have kind of got this one upmanship over them that like yeah. you're, you're always the better person yeah. no yeah not going to sink to their level i'm just going to yeah because like I say, I've, I would have to go past their bins to take mine out anyway. So I'll just do that and take theirs. And then if they don't want to take ours out, that's fine. That's my problem. It's a horrible situation. It's like, I definitely, what you're saying, I can, like, I can identify completely or sort of second guessing what are they thinking? How am I being perceived? And it, it yeah. could easily be resolved by just simply speaking to the neighbour. But I think for me, <laughs> yeah. this level of like, yeah uncomfortableness trying to second guess is, is actually preferable to actually having a two-minute <laughs> yeah. conversation with yeah. oh, not because they're not nice but i just don't want to speak i just feel uncomfortable speaking to them. because that's the difficulty we've got is like say so we've put this gate we spoke to them about the gate we put this gate in and it's just about you know we might want to get in the dog in the future they've got a dog you know we're just sort of just securing the garden but the conversation would have to be me going up to them going by the way just because we've put the gate out don't think that we don't want to keep putting our bins out for us <laughs> which is a really hard one to yeah to, true to yeah approach so um, are the bins now in your garden behind a gate yeah so it's, it's hard to explain but yeah basically there's this like shared communal access and all the bins were in there before and they actually span sort of the divide between our gardens if that makes sense so where we've put the, the gate our bins can no longer go there anymore because the gate's there so we've moved the bins into our garden, which I think is a nice thing as well, because they were previously sitting in their, in their garden. Yeah. So we sort of brought them onto, the, onto the, our property and then... I yeah. think I would feel weird if my next door neighbour, I'd feel weird going in the gate in their garden to take their bins out. Well, that yeah. could be it as well, yeah. That's the I would feel thing strange. Saying, yeah. No matter how close yeah. I was to them, I'd be like, well, oh, it's a bit weird. Now I'm like kind of opening a door and going in they'll be like wait if you suddenly look out the window and see him creeping around your garden <laughs> yeah but that's the thing yeah, it's so difficult yeah because again it's yeah and also like we have a right of access like out that way but they don't necessarily have one into our garden so it's but again it's just all this sort of weird minefield you have to navigate and it just would be so much easier if if all the houses were just separate and everyone could just get on with it but, another I, thing I've oh, gone no go on oh. in, sorry Another thing I saw in my deeds that I noticed is that we actually are meant to keep our gardens front and back, like in a, I can't remember the exact wording, but in other words, they have to look nice, like um, as part of the sort of ownership of the house. And I feel like walking, knocking on the door, like three doors down where their front garden is an absolute tip and being like, uh, actually, according to your deeds, you, uh, <laughs> your garden needs to be, because it really brings down the, uh, the level of the neighbourhood. <laughs> you could just start, you could just go and start gardening in their garden. Garden for them. <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> but yeah it's a good one joe that's a very good one thank you yeah no it's just been annoying me this week really well the last couple of weeks 
I'm surprised it's not a pleasure to use that lawnmower. I'm surprised you're not jumping at the bit to mow that grass every day. Hey, well, the one thing I would say is that lawnmower for me is absolutely lovely. But what I'm actually doing now is half a football pitch's worth of grass. And <laughs> so for, for the amount of grass that I actually have, it's perfect. But now I'm doing, yeah, half a yeah. of grass. And it's just not, it's not sufficient. But I've just struggled through. It's, it's a small lawnmower. It's small and it's electric as well. So... Uh, at the furthest point from my house, I'm almost 100 metres probably from my house, like the furthest bit of grass I've got to do. So it's like 100 metres of extension leaves just trailing. It's an absolute nightmare. But Did you just it, you know. do your section? No, I've never done that. No. But it's difficult because like there is a bit that we share, like if that makes sense. So I could do it, but it would leave a visible stripe of like, this is short grass, this is his long grass. Next I week. think you should do that one time. Yeah, I, but I just can't, I just can't, it's horrible, it's just horrible, that, yeah, it's just a, I don't know. Have, I you, I, have you considered just doing a really bad job of it, like one, one day just mowing it so short that half the grass almost dies, well, that, and everyone will go, oh, don't let him do it again, we'll make sure we do it every time. That's the other thing, like when the other people do it, there's a woman down the road, and she does it to, like, literally, like a tennis court which is fine if it's being watered all day, every day, but in the middle of July, it just turns into some fucking dusty yellow like do you know what I mean it's just, but then I can't say anything because she's cut my grass but now she's killed it all and I don't know it's just it's just complicated the other thing is I'd actually like to leave it a little bit longer you know for the for the insects and, and the some wildflowers in there exactly and we do actually have we do, we've had cornflowers and, and daisies and everything it's really nice but you know it's just complicated just political so that's that mm. do you remember Joe I, I can't believe we talked about mowing lawns but for 50% of the podcast that uh, Longbridge Road, there's that little bit of green grass at the end of it. Mate, I've got something to say about this. Yeah, go on. What's your thing? Dremba, shout out, Matt Walker. His mum and dad used to mow that mow the grass there for yeah. years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they moved to Sherfield and then it's all overgrown and now people just like fly tip on their stuff because it doesn't look as nice. No, they cares. don't fly tip there. Oh, mate, this is where you've been missing out because you don't live this neck of the this end of the village anymore. Now, yeah, I don't know anywhere near Lane End. It's a small sanctuary. It's a small sanctuary. And we've seen slow worms up there basking in the sun. What? It's honestly, there's a couple of small trees in it, a couple of field maples, I think an oak. And either side is this amazing thicket. All sorts of birds, dunnocks, sparrows, every tit you can kind of imagine. Finches. Really? It's amazing. <laughs> Matt Walker's parents are really screwing those things over, weren't they, by cutting that grass? Yeah. It's now a habitat for special creatures. <laughs> I don't think... There, Joe. I'm still here, but it's bad. It's not good. Can you hear me? <laughs> Quite a lot of the podcast there. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, in the loosest sense of the word. Hello. Yeah. Are you in us now? Yeah, I think you're back. I thought I was. I thought this might happen. Oh. This would be good because if Joe cuts out and we lose the podcast, I can do a different right. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you not feeling confident? No, I know what I'm doing. We'll see. All right. Yeah. I think he's back. I think he's I'm back. back. I'm back. Sorry for the technical issues there. I'll edit all that out, obviously. Are, are, you, are you ready, Ed? Wait, we have to vote first, we don't we? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so <laughs> Big Baby doesn't get a vote. Uh, so that was Dan. Um, and who kicks off the vote? And I can kick it off. I am sadly going to be voting for Dan this week. Um, I, I don't understand. I don't have any personal uh, understanding of that. I just have to take your word for it. But I suspect it's that sort of thing, whereas the plumbers blame the bricklayers who blame the carpenters who blame carpet fitters who blame the whatever. So that's my vote. 
Um, I'm going to vote for that as well. Um, hmm. And I think I'm surprised that you spent a day just cleaning up some stuff. No, it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, just I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Oh. I think also not only um, is it. Sorry, I just had a phone call then. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Not only is it a hard gripe to get on board with, but I feel like you're up against three strong ones this week. Hmm. Um, is that what the people are calling us? The three strong ones. <laughs> yeah, three three strong ones and a big baby. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm also going to have to vote for Dan. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I, I, for the same for similar reasons. I knew I was in trouble. I thought I was hoping that Ed would be on board, having worked in construction. But once I found, once I heard that he wasn't getting on board, I knew I was going to be in trouble. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, wow, okay. wow. Very good. Well done, Dan. Sorry, mate. This this week, uh, Dan's going to come up with the a, a groundbreaking picture of him as a big baby to make up for the last two weeks, is he? Yeah, yes. I. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I thought we'd lost him for a minute then. <laughs> Should we give the good news a go? It's time for good news of the week. Good. Good news of the week. Okay, good news of the week. So this one has a, uh, a hint of coronavirus about it, but the good news is not so coronavirus related. Nurse finally locates New York City firefighter who, pu who pulled her from a burning building 37 years ago thanks to coronavirus. It may have been just another day at the office for a New York City firefighter who rescued a four-year-old four girl from a burning apartment building. But 37 years later, he's learning just how big a difference he made. After the fire in 1983, Deirdre Taylor's family moved away from New York. As the decades passed, any hope she had for meeting and thanking her rescuer grew more remote, even as her longing to meet him endured. She had tried to find him online over the years, but without success. I didn't know if he was still alive, particularly after September 11th, Deirdre told the New York Daily News. Part of me thought I waited too long to track him down. Deirdre is a nurse today, living with her husband and children in Virginia. She decided to pay it forward in New York City, returning to save lives on the front line of the pandemic. Because she did that, Deirdre finally found the man who saved her life, Eugene Pugliese Jr. <laughs> she brought along a newspaper clipping about the fire in 1983 with a picture of Eugene from Ladder Company 20, holding a little girl in his arms. The headlines read, Fireman Bray... Fireman Braves Flames rescues Soho four-year-old. So, um, yeah, thanks to her going back to the front line and uh, helping with coronavirus, she's managed to track down the man that saved her life over 30 years ago. So thank Amazing. you, Eugene. Thank you, Eugene from Deirdre. What I really like about that is because of his job, she's probably one of loads of people that he dragged out from like a burning building. And it was like a massive turning point for her. He's a hero to her. And he's probably that hero to loads of people. Yeah, yeah. She's, there's actually a quote here from her that says, you've been on my wall for 25 years. Because she's had a picture of him. So that she oh, can wow. uh, find... Like most people have heartthrobs. She's got Eugene Pugli, Pugli, Puglisi Jr. What, what is making you assume that Eugene Puglisi Jr. is not a heartthrob? Well, I've seen a picture. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he doesn't listen 
He's a heartthrob for somebody, I'd imagine. We're talking about 25 years ago. Yeah, true. Actually, yeah, he was probably a bit of a hottie in those days. And a fireman as well, am I right, girls? Yeah. yeah. Twit to woo. When you said girls, I'm assuming you meant me and Ace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just meant, yeah, you guys, you three, yeah. All right, let's go cool, because um, I'm, I'm really uh, up against it here and Vodafone Broadband. Hopefully we got some of it. I don't know. If the last, yeah, 20 minutes of this podcast, if there's anything salvageable out of it, I'll be surprised. Cool. Thanks for listening. Next week, so remember next week it's going to be good stuff. So email in your own good stuff. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be good. Your if you've got something you just really like, you just want everyone to know about something that just really works for you. Just it's really good. It's, it's got to be nice. random though. Something a bit, bit, a bit out there, a bit wacky. Can't something just be... that the others could argue against, almost. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Something that you like, but other people could say, oh, oh no, that's crap. Yeah. But it can't be WeChat. Oh, okay. That's my thing. All right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. All right, no, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be the 25th episode. And it's going to be lovely. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Bye. You know what I don't like? Oh yeah, that really gets on my nerves. So annoying. Oh yeah, I don't like that. Stop being a big baby. <laughs> <laughs>